What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are just taking care of yourself, your family, your friends, and just doing what you know you're supposed to be doing during these times. But we're just going to dive right into it. We have a lot to cover on this podcast. We have Joe Biden selecting who's going to be his running mate for the upcoming election. We have the U.S.-China relationship. It just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. We have some bad news about college football this fall. We have some interesting news that has to do with Amazon coming to a mall near you. And we'll talk about travel and a few other things that we'll hit on throughout this podcast but we start with the question of the day what does the word ipo not the word rather the letters ipo mean what does that mean what does ipo mean we'll talk about that as we go further on into the show i try to do these question of the days as often as i remember but it seems like i forget a lot but hopefully y'all will pick it up as we go on to end the episode. But anyway, we start with this. We've all been waiting for Congress to announce another stimulus package to help with this whole corona pandemic thing, to help people who have lost their jobs, to help people who are just going through a lot of hard times right now, to help school districts, to help small businesses. A lot of those things we've been waiting for Congress to put some kind of stimulus package, but they keep on dragging their feet, they keep on arguing with each other, they keep on trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing so much so that it's reached the recess time for the house of senators or the senate how do you even say it the house of senators is house of representatives what's the other part is it just the senate but we'll just go with the senate and the senate are actually on recess right now and the crazy thing to me is they actually went home they actually went home when the country is in the midst of a of this pandemic they actually a lot of senators actually went back to do their campaign stuff at home and it's kind of like really right now right now but anyway that's beside the point well throughout this whole thing president trump has been sitting back and like y'all need to figure this out y'all need to figure this out if y'all don't figure this out i'm gonna do something about it if y'all don't figure this out i'm gonna do something about it and then over the weekend actually last friday he announced four executive orders well really it's actually one executive order and three memorandums which in all honesty they come out to mean all the same thing like memorandums and executive orders all come out to be about the same thing memorandums have to do with trying to switch up a situation from using something that was meant for something else to use it for something else and we'll go through what those four memorandum or three memorandums and one executive orders were as trump was just like i ain't got time for y'all anymore like i'm tired of y'all Y'all ain't doing what I asked you to do. Y'all ain't doing what's going to make me look good. So I'm tired of li- I'm, I'm tired of waiting on y'all. So this is what I'm going to do. So the first executive order was to extend the weekly unemployment benefit payments of $600. However, it will bring it down to $400. Remember, this was the unemployment payments that got expired July 31st. That was helping a lot of families. And the whole discussion in Congress was... This is too much money that we're giving to people. We need to bring it down to $200. That's at least what the Republicans were saying. The Democrats were saying, no, we need to keep it the same. And we need to just give people money because it's not like people don't want to go to work. Republicans were like, people are being incentivized not to go to work. However, 
the Democrats are saying, no, it's not that they're being incentivized to not go to work, it's that there is no jobs for them to return to, as we've talked about on this podcast multiple times, how 40% of jobs that are lost are not coming back, and so that's the whole divide in the house of how to play that whole thing out, and they're just arguing about it and arguing about it. Well, President Trump comes out with this executive order and it looks good at first, like everything with it, like, yeah, he's bringing it down to just $400. That's still not that bad. It's still very helpful. However, the problem is in reality, what happens with this executive order is that the federal government is not going to be the one paying all 400 of the dollars that's supposed to be paid out to people. The federal government will only cover 300 of those dollars and then $100 will be paid by the states. And the way that the states are supposed to get the money for that is to use the federal reserve fund that is meant for for inclement not inclement weather but when we have tornadoes storms like major hurricane fund that's supposed to be used for that they're, they're supposed to change that and use it for unemployment benefits the problem is every state won't still be able to cover that for all their people in their states for all the citizens within the state because even right now a lot of states were on the brink of declaring bankruptcy because they just didn't have the money to cover the things that they had to cover during these periods and during these times they were seeking help from the federal government so now turning it back around and saying hey i'm doing something but then putting the onus back on states to try and figure out how to get money to give to their citizens doesn't make much sense but it makes Trump look good that he signed an executive order. Now, executive order two was focused on extending the evictions uh, moratorium that was put in place, uh, but expired on July 25th. And basically this protected a lot of renters from being evicted from their homes during the pandemic to just make sure that people had places that they could stay and be safe in during this entire pandemic. But like I just said, it expired on July 25th. And the the thing about it is this order actually didn't really do anything to extend that or to protect people who may not be able to pay their rent, which it came out and it was announced that about 25%, I believe it was, yeah, 27% of American citizens did not pay their, their rent in July. And so when you put that into perspective, everyone celebrated this order, but when you start reading into the actual order itself, it actually didn't say anything about extending the eviction moratoriums or protecting people. All it is was it called out for a secretary, Steve Mewchin, and the housing director secretary, Ben Carson, to come together and see if there's anything that they can do to actually help those people who may be evicted from their homes. So when you think about it, it's like, wait, on the surface, it looks good because the headline is extended eviction moratorium, but in reality, it actually doesn't do anything to help anybody. Again, another one that looks good on the outside, but when you start digging into it, it doesn't look that great. And then the third order was focused on removing payroll taxes until the end of the year for all those who are still working. This is supposed to be an alternative to the 1200 stimulus check that was sent out earlier this year. Now, the problem with this one is one, it doesn't help people who are currently not working. So that's that's just off the bat, like a problem. If you're not getting paid and you're making $0, a payroll tax cut doesn't help you in any single way. The other thing about it was when you start looking more detailed into this payroll tax cut is that it doesn't really do what it says it's doing. All it says in the actual order or memorium, memorandum, memorandum, my bad, I can't really talk memorandum is that it actually just 
it defers out your payment of that tax. In other words, it doesn't. It's not an actual tax cut. It's just a deferment of that tax to another date, to the end of this year. Which means that next year, at some point, you might have to pay that back. At least the way that it's worded right now. We don't know if it might eventually become a full-on tax cut or what exactly it means. But generally speaking, this is a horrible alternative to having just paying out a stimulus check to everybody. It didn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. This is not the way to go about it. It doesn't help as many people as it could help. And it definitely just makes it so that we have to pay that tax later on. And I'm not one that wants to pay my taxes later on. I'd rather just pay it now and forget about it. I don't want to be charged twice for something later on. And then the fourth part of this memorandum or memorum, whatever, that word, you know what I mean. I might use executive order just in place because it's a lot easier to say that than to say memorandum. Memorat? Oh, God, I hate that word. But anyway, the fourth one dealt with anyone who has student loans. As you remember, during the CARES Act, when they announced that in March, it allowed people to hit the pause button on their repayments of their student loans without any interest increases. So basically, it's the same thing in this situation where you can, where it extends it out. It was supposed to expire in September, but now it extends it out, I believe, till December. I don't know if it's actually going to go through. So We'll see what happens. But in general, that's what that fourth one is. Now, that's the only one in the whole thing that actually looked good to me amongst everything else. They were the only one that actually looked very inviting and very appealing as far as any of the executive order that President Trump put out. Now, the problem with all four of this executive order is the president does not have the power to just say, Yo, this is how we're spending money. This is what we're doing with the money. He can't, he doesn't control the budget. He can only agree to it or disagree to it. It is for Congress to determine how the budget is going to be spent. In other words, he's going to get sued by Congress because he's overstepping his boundaries, or at least they see it as overstepping his boundaries. However, the other part of it is a lot of people are questioning it if Congress will even sue him because they don't want to look like the bad guy that's getting in the way of people being helped during this time. But again, all of these things might end up making it take a whole lot longer for anything to actually come about. So at the end of the day, we still need Congress to come together and decide to put something that will actually help the American public. Like I said earlier, there are people who can't pay their rent. There are people who can't even go get food for themselves. There are people who can't do so many things that they need to do to help themselves. But if Congress and the president keeps doing this dilly-dally, keeps doing this bickering back and forth, keeps trying to be the ones that look good and looks like the hero, rather than just coming out and supporting the people in a time of when they need the support, it's just not good. It's just sad. It really is just sad because the hope is that they can come together like they did earlier this year. They came together and they came out with a with the CARES Act and it helped so many people. Why is it that they can't do that again? I know the stock market is flying high, but stop using the stock market as your reference point for the total economy. The stock market is not the economy. Can we start looking at the economy, which we we talked about last week? There was a 33% loss in GDP, which means jobs, which means services, which means a lot of different things that people are not spending money because they don't have the money to spend anymore. And so with them just sitting on their hands and twiddling their fingers and saying, ah, you know, we'll figure this out. It's not helping anybody. And also on the other side, it's also a bad look because the U.S. has over 5 million new cases of the coronavirus pandemic. And so that doesn't help anybody. 
we really need to get this thing situated and 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 figure out what what it is that people actually need as a matter of fact they know what people actually need can we stop the bickering and just do what people need do what people need in this moment at this time moving on from there let's talk about us china if you thought it was bad before things got a whole lot worse it's kind of like me in any relationship or the relationships that i've been in super sad man super sad i mean the china u.s relationship looks like mine it started off with like very wonderful things we are trade partners we're trying to do everything really well china you manufacture it america will sell it that's our partnership and well things have definitely 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 deteriorated from that point i mean every move one person makes the other one replies to it so much so that it's gotten to the point where the u.s placed sanctions on 11 hong kong officials for undermining the special classification of hong kong as an autonomous city which in return as you you know when person one person does something you gotta you gotta go out for revenge china also returned the favor and placed 11 sanctions on 11 u.s officials including some senators like ted cruz and some other people even they even put sanctions on president president trump so it's pretty interesting just the tit for tat that they're going with each other and placing all these sanctions on each other of like if you do this we're going to respond if you do this we're going to respond so it's just interesting and remember earlier this year when we we're talking about the trade war and how the u.s and china were finally agreeing to certain things and we had that phase one agreement and everybody was celebrating everybody was like yes we're finally coming to terms things are looking good well scratch all of that scratch all of that because even that phase one agreement they just came back together to like kind of talk about it and kind of like think through how to and it just turned into a whole other mess so as far as china and the u.s and this whole trade relations it ain't looking good it ain't looking good and speaking of china u.s relations one of the key things that has deteriorated the relations between u.s and china apart from hong kong's status being revoked by the chinese government is tiktok wechat being banned in the united states and as you know we gotta do an update on tiktok we just gotta talk about it well as you know the deadline for microsoft to agree to a deal is september 15th however it seems like talks between the the microsoft and tiktok has slowed down and has stalled as china as the chinese government starts to push back against the united states on the ban of tiktok and not just the ban of tiktok but on the forced sale of tiktok to an american company right now they were saying that there the chances of tiktok being acquired by microsoft this is coming out of reports from the shanghai newspaper i think i forget the name of the newspaper exactly but the reports were saying that it's less than 20 percent that tiktok is going to be acquired by microsoft so this is not good news it's not good news that that this is coming out it might end up being where tiktok does end up getting banned in the united states and then in other words twitter out here trying to say you know what we're trying to buy tiktok as well and then everybody was like shut up who cares about you twitter what do you mean you're trying to buy tiktok you had your chance you had your chance with vine you failed and you killed vine so far therefore nobody wants you to come anywhere near tiktok go and sit out somewhere jack dorsey with your twitter go, go, go somewhere else ain't nobody wants you to buy tiktok first of all you don't even have the money to buy tiktok let's just start off with that but twitter 
putting his mouth out there talking about we want to buy TikTok. Man, please. Anyway, moving on from there, let's talk about travel. It seems that travel is slowly coming back to life, much like my love life. Well, actually, travel is doing much better than my love life. My love life is about as barren as the Sahara Desert. But anyway, travel is actually coming back. TSA announced that they processed over 800,000 people through checkpoints this last month. No, I don't mean just in Atlanta airport. I mean all across the United States. And yes, that number is very low, but it is the highest that they have seen go through TSA checkpoints since the lockdown started back in March. And that's a it's it's slowly coming back. Travel and everything is slowly coming back, but we still have a long way to go. Travel, at least airline travel, is down 70% of where it was this time last year. Also, cruise ship bookings are actually up, and which this one actually really surprises me because cruise ships are literally floating petri dishes. They're literally the worst place to be during a pandemic, but apparently people are hoping that the vaccine is going to be available early next year or something, and they are booking their cruise vacations. I mean, the guy, the president of, I believe it was one of those big cruise companies, mention it, it's probably the one. I don't know a lot of cruise companies, and I forget the name because I, for some reason, forgot to write it down. <sighs> Not a good idea. But anyway, he was, even he was as... Even he was surprised that they had that many bookings for early next year. But regardless, it seems like Cruz is bouncing back. And just so everybody understands something when it comes to vaccines, stop expecting vaccines to be available early next year. More than likely, the earliest you will see a vaccine is late 2021 at best after it goes through all the trials and everything and we'll touch more on vaccines coming up here because it's a very questionable vaccine that's about to be released that we all need to be careful about the next thing that we're going to talk about is amazon and amazon might just be coming to a mall near you as malls continue to die at the hand of amazon amazon is taking a playbook out of microsoft's hand and starting to help its competition it's starting to like save itself the regulatory scrutiny that microsoft faced when microsoft decided you know what we're not trying to play with the government so we're gonna bail out apple and give apple some money and at the same time ah you know what we're gonna separate a couple of other things just to make sure that the government doesn't come at us again and amazon shortly after they just went to their hearing with the united states government they came out and they were like yo what can we do to get these guys off our back? You know what? Let's go partner up with a mall property owner. And so it was announced recently that Amazon and the U.S. largest mall owner, Simon Property Group, are in partnership and possible partnership to change some of the empty spaces in their malls to be Amazon Fulfillment Center. So you can walk in to return your items in there or maybe go pick up your items from the mall rather than you having to get it delivered to your house or and then if you want to return it then you have to go to ups or fedex and do the whole package thing and that whole mess now you can just walk back to amazon and just give your stuff back to them and it's easy peasy not that you can you can't already do that with like going to kohl's literally and fedex all you have to not fedex ups all you have to do was just literally hand it to them it didn't matter if you packaged it or anything but regardless amazon is making this move and for simon property group the way they're viewing this is hey while anybody may enter the mall 
they may just, you know, smell the wonderful, beautiful pretzels of Auntie Anne's, and maybe they stop by the food court, buy some stuff, and while they're still in there, maybe they stop by the other shops and maybe spend some more money. That's the way Simon Property Group is looking at it, that if they can get more people who already have Amazon Primes and would like to either shop at Amazon Goods or pick up goods or return goods, they can just get a percentage of those people to come into the malls again and kind of see the wonders of the malls and all the beauty that's in the malls. They can at least get some of those people back in on a regular basis. The most interesting thing to me in this whole thing is the people's position that Amazon is taking. In other words, the shops that Amazon is going to fill those spaces. It is filling up the position of Macy's, Sears, and JCPenney's. Literally the, the companies that Amazon have put out of sale. In other words, literally the companies that Amazon has driven to bankruptcy. Now they're not out of sale, of course, they still have stores and all that stuff, but Amazon has driven them to the breaking point. And so in my head, it kind of feels like a stick it to a move, kind of like, ha ha ha, we beat y'all. Now we're gonna stomp y'all out. It's kind of like one of those things. It's like, it's like whenever you play a team like PSG and you're a lesser team in, in League One, and you go out there and PSG just destroys you 9-1. That's basically what it is. It's like, we don't just want to beat you. We want to beat you into the ground. We want to pummel you. It's like any team that plays against Alabama. Roll Tide, by the way. It's like any team who plays against Alabama in college football. They don't just want to beat you. They want to stomp you out. They want to destroy you. And this is basically what Amazon is doing. Amazon is taking those positions and it's just kind of laughing all, this, all the way to the bank in this whole thing. Speaking of college football, I have some sad, sad news. Pac-12 and Big Ten just announced that... Phone, stop making noise. Pac-10 and Big 12 just announced that there will be no college football this fall. They're trying to postpone it and trying to figure out what to do as far as football is concerned. Down south, down here in the south, college football is like the biggest thing. And it's, it's sad for a lot of people. It's really, really sad. However, the SEC hasn't canceled the season. The ACC hasn't canceled the season. And I believe the last big five schools is the Big 10 or Big 12, I think. I think that's the other big five school system conference. Anyway, but yeah, they, they, they are canceling the season, which is sad. It's really sad. But on a positive note, Tesla just announced a five to one stock split. Now, as we talked about when it came to the Apple stock split, this is also good news. And you guys remember, when we were talking about it, I was like, yo, I'm looking forward to Tesla doing this. Tesla doing a stock split. I expect them to do a top stock split. And look at that. They're doing a stock split because they want to invite more retail investors like you and I to buy the shares. Now, remember, with a stock split, nothing really changes except for visually when you look at the price it's not going to be fifteen hundred dollars it'll be about two hundred dollars which makes it a lot more inviting for a lot of new investors who may have wanted to buy tesla stock for a long time but i've been looking at it like why would i pay that when i can pay two hundred dollars for microsoft which now this is a problem for me because now i have to determine well it's not really because microsoft is still my baby when it comes to investing so it doesn't really matter but it does mean that tesla becomes more accessible for anybody that's trying to invest in the company and before we get to the answer for the t question of the day today joe biden announced that his running mate his vp is going to be camilla harris take that how you wish i just wanted to share that message and finally the answer to the question of the day which the question of the day was what is an ipo 
An IPO is an initial public offering. It is the process in which a private company becomes open to public funding, becomes open to you and I being able to invest in the company. Now, the reason why I asked that question today is because rumors have come out and not just rumors, but the people familiar with the matter have come on and said that Airbnb is looking to go public in the coming weeks. Now, remember, we've talked about it in the past where Airbnb was supposed to be public earlier this year and they were looking to go public. However, COVID happened. And when COVID showed up, everything kind of got hit on, hit the brakes got hit on everything. I mean, literally the entire world stopped for a bit. And so the same thing happened to Airbnbs. Sales plunged, reservations plunged. They took massive L's. They took out loans to try and cover up, cover a lot of their payments. They had to let 25% of their, of their workforce go. That was about 1,900 individuals that they had to let go at the company. And so they are really looking for some people to give them some money. So, you know, this is how it usually works. The company comes out and they're like, yo, we need some funding. We don't really want to take any more loans. A good way to do that is if you're a public company, people are always willing to invest in you at some price. So we'll see what that price is. But anyway, the final questionable news of the day is Russia just announced a vaccine for COVID-19. However, it didn't go through all the necessary testing that a vaccine should go through. So my question for every single person listening to this podcast is, would you be willing to take this vaccine? Because I know I'm not willing to take it, but maybe some of y'all are willing to take it because you just want to get out there and get back to life as soon as possible. But let me know. Hit me up on any of my social media at Kelechi Waba on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. You can follow me on my YouTube page where I make videos about investing and the personal finance, just like we do on here, but it's a lot more shorter and you can hit me up on any of those platforms. And remember, if you have any questions for me, you can always hit me up at Kelechi at ramblingmindshow.com or you can just go to the website ramblingmindshow.com. But anyway, that's all I got for y'all. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing, and I'm going to hit y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all, and I'll talk to y'all another time. Peace.